This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 263 of The Real Word. Word is up. Ooh. A lot of listing stuff today, which is good, Nicole, because I feel like now that we're into March, agents need to go grab some inventory, some listings, get it onto the market to help the biggest problem in real estate, which is that we don't have enough homes available for home shoppers. So we've got two listing rackets, and then we've got some spicy comments spicy. from the Remax CEO. I love Nick Bailey. Love what he's doing over there. Congrats if you're a Remax agent on the 50-year anniversary coming out of the R4 conference. We'll get to all of that. But first, first. on nowbam.com, biggest regrets of first-time sellers. So according to a Zillow survey, Nicole, yes, 84% of Americans who sold a home for the first time in the past two years have regrets. The top four regrets of first-time sellers include decisions regarding pricing, online impressions, timing, and home improvements. Let's go through them one by one. Regret number one, pricing incorrectly. Okay, seller see offers start to roll in and they're like, oh, I guess I didn't ask for enough. Have you experienced any of these regrets? listing homes in the last year, Nicole? I have not. Is it because of the way you're educating them through the process and coaching them up? Hey, we're going to list at this. I expect to see this many offers. I do anticipate we'll go over. Are you, are you preconditioning? Well, for sure. I mean, obviously at the, at the, at the height, height, uh, we were already in my mind, pushing the number as far as we really could validate for. So because appraisals were catching up. Yeah. And it just like there was just no way that some of these houses would actually sell for that number, but they had. And that, um, again, they were ultimately thrilled to get the number that they had it listed for, let alone all the extra that would come along after. So I have yet to have a seller that regrets um, not listing it for more. Well, no. On the flip side, you may see some sellers this year regret where they actually list their house to start with. Nicole Bashad, senior economist for Zillow. Another Nicole. There is another Nicole. And a, a lot of Nicoles out there. There are lots of Nicoles. This spring, sellers are more likely to regret pricing their home too high. The price their neighbor commanded a year ago may no longer be realistic. For sure. They need to adjust their expectations if they want to avoid having their home linger onto the market. Uh, it's more important than ever for sellers to rely, rely on advice of a great local agent who understands their neighborhood and has a winning pricing strategy. So Nicole Bashad, shout out to Nicole, supporting the great local agents over there, senior economist at Zillow. Have you seen any of, of have you spoken to sellers? Have you seen this already taking place as the spring market starts to take form in 23? Absolutely. I mean, I was just even having conversations this morning with some of our agents because they're like, I've had 50 showings, but no offers. And it's like there, and yeah. there's one there, there's, and there's only one reason, and one reason for that. And only one. Especially like in Connecticut, especially because Connecticut and Massachusetts have the lowest inventory in the entire country right, right now. Those are the two states with the lowest you know, inventory measurements across the country. It's at three and a half months of inventory, right? Let me know in the comments where months of inventory are for your particular market, your market. And what, what is the inventory levels? But there's no excuse right now in the Northeast. The Northeast is very different from the West. It's very different from Texas. What's going on. So if you have a listing in the Northeast, especially, and you've been on the market an extended period of time, 
and you're not getting offers, right. then there's an issue with pricing 100%. and pricing only. And I told them, I'm like, you're doing your job. You're getting the people in. They're just not seeing the value in it. Right. It's funny because I'm sure you remember because again, you got into the business a, a little after I did, but that was always, I feel like, I feel like what is going to be happening now happened for years after like the big boom in, in, you know, Oh four, Oh five, that in 2012, 13, everyone was like, Oh my goodness, the amount of money that I lost, like, I don't want to list because the amount of money I lost, it's like, yeah. no, no, no. You never sold your house in five. You never had that money in 2005. Like you, you, but- you like you, it never was in your hands. Like, I think that we're going to definitely be up against that in the next couple of years where people are going to start saying, oh my goodness, I lost $50,000. The thing that was eerie in 2012 is you had such massive months of inventory. You had an accumulation of homes on the market that was substantial. It was ridiculous as well over the normal months of inventory, which is six months of inventory. It was well above that in almost every single price range and in every price range, certainly in the, in the Northeast, but you don't have that problem today. You don't have the problem of like being able to produce a showing. Then it was eerie. Oh yeah. You could put a house in the market and nobody would walk through it. I think one of the first listing appointments that you and I ever went on, um, well that you actually came with me on, I had the listing, we joined forces. So we were selling them on the fact that now they got both of us when we joined the team and you get two of us and yeah. And maybe two showings if you're lucky. Right. And, um, (laughs) and the, 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 um, you know, the, the month supply on that, it was three years, three years. Remember we were sitting in the, in that house on middle beach in, in Madison and we, it was a high, high price yeah, point. It was, a, it was a, yeah, it was a waterfront. It or was, higher. Well, it was a seasonal house too, but it was yeah, a beautiful yeah, it was a funky, road. But, yeah, and I remember it cause it was all siblings. And I remember the sister going, well, I guess, I guess we got two years left then. And, and again, it sold almost right on like the three, took three, it years. Took three years to sell. Three years, yep. <laughs> like you got three years of inventory. Yeah, yep. Right now, the national and we, number all is three we've got and a half through months. right now is one. So, and again, we, like that was the job, trying to keep your job. That was the job, keep your job. But yeah, like Ryan Serrano always says, not get fired. Okay, yeah. regret number two: bad online impressions. Buyers rely on listing photos and videos more than ever before. So, if property doesn't make a great first impression online, yep. you've you've kind of wasted that opportunity as a seller, which is. Listen, interviewing two, three agents right now for for sellers in 2023 is really important. You're going to get one opportunity. Now, I'd line them up. If I'm selling and I'm interviewing three agents, I'd line these puppies up one after another. Hey, I've got four o'clock. I got five o'clock and I've got six o'clock. Nicole, I'm bringing you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm bringing Heidi. I'm bringing Emily. Okay, I'm going to have three people. Back to back wow, to back. That would be quite the the competition and, right there. And l- listen, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to stay for an hour and pitch me. You're gonna have to walk by. I would want, if I'm a seller, I'd want you walking by your competition. <laughs> I- I'd want to maybe, you know, see is there any, you know, is there a, is there a, a little bit of a side talk? Is there is there some glares? I I want to I want people to be up. I would make it a competitive environment, right? And I'd make a decision that night because sellers, it's better to list now than it is later in oh the year. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and really, you got to show me. And really, listen, if you get three of the top agents to come through, photos are going to be the last thing you have to discuss. 
It's how else you're going to, what, what phone calls you're going to make to get me the extra eyeballs. I know what Zillow can do. I know what the phone, I know what the photos are going to look like. And I know what floor plan, if I got great agents in front of me, what are you going to do to give me maximum exposure on my listing? And like you said, somebody talking about 50 listing or 50 showings on a listing, yeah. no offer. Now I've got the ammo. I've given you maximum exposure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's gonna be, yeah. It's going to be pricing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, regret. Wrong time, yep. Nicole. Yep. Uh, what do you think? Wrong time. It what, what? What is wrong time right now? I don't even with, with low inventory. I don't, wrong time would be quarter four of this year. That'd be a regret. Well, it's interesting though because I wonder if this was yeah. I mean, someone that sold in in maybe twenty twenty and they had wished that they waited till twenty twenty two. I I mean, I think that there was never really a wrong time over the last few years, especially in our I should say in our area. Um, there was never a wrong time to sell. I mean, it was obviously it can it, it continued to get better. But where they were starting was fabulous already. Um, and again, some of them actually again got to take advantage of the low interest rate. So hopefully on the yeah. flip side, you 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 bought inev inevitably then at the right time if you're feeling like it was the wrong time to sell. Yeah, if you got in on one of those interest right. rates, you certainly did. More than one third wish they knew how quickly their home would sell. So they thought they'd have more time in their home. But uh, you know, certainly if you're going to get top dollar, it's usually going to ha going to happen quickly in the process, right? right? So if money's important to you, plan on uh, being art be able to articulate to somebody where money's important that this is going to happen quickly if we're going to get all the money. Right. Number four, not making home improvements. Nicole, this is your wheelhouse. Speak to that. Um, I, I I think it is. This probably is one of the biggest regrets. I think a lot of people just thought that they could just slap it on there and, and, and it would sell. And obviously lots of them did, but I still think it's our job as agents to direct them. Um, cause again, even though offers were maybe coming in over, you know, were they sort of deducting still because they had to fix trim or paint walls, or I think there's some really easy things that everyone, I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's so many easy things, even just staging that you can do, make a bed. Do you know how many houses I saw in the market the last few years that didn't even have their beds made? Well, well, how about this, Nicole? If you're right now yes. where most markets in America, the inventory um, hasn't fully come back, but it's higher than it was last year. Yeah. So last year we're about two months of inventory in most markets in America. Now we're at three and a half months. Um, most markets ha have, have uh, pricing pressure to the down. Okay. So if you're in one of those, how much time would you spend doing these, these improvements versus getting on the market now, the longer you wait in those markets, the more money you're leaving on the table. Potentially. So Again, I think it also greatly depends on what kind of shape your house is in, right? I mean, if your curb appeal is like shatty, it's worth waiting a week to like make sure your mulch is down, make sure maybe you have some plants. If you have dogs, like again, I just had a house the other day and they have a dog that just made like a mud pile on the front yard. Like what you're going to sort of spend. And, and again, you'll certainly make up for it, even if you're waiting a week, um, again, or just please like trim, take the week to paint the trim, like your trim again, white real quick. Like while you're watching TV, just like paint your trim. Like there are some things that won't take long, um, that I still 100% think it's worth taking, you know, the extra mm. week on, uh, again, my, my goal would be now would be to get everybody on the market before the end of March. So, 
Um, uh, but preferably now. I mean, just now. For right? sure. Just, well, but you're right. We're already into March. So yeah, right. you got so to go. My, but my point is, is if people are reaching out now, that would be my goal. Like, let's get yeah. these things done. We're not, I do not want to go on the, on the market in April. Again, a lot of the conversations that I've been having – you know, we're starting in December. So it's like, this is the goal. Obviously, even in January, I wanted them listed. But um, I think right now it's, you know, get as much done as you can before the end of the month. Um, but again, I think waiting even just the the week or two to get those improvements done is 100% worth it in, in some instances, for sure. Amanda Pendleton, home trends expert at Zillow. She agrees with you, by the way. She says landscaping, interior painting, and carpet cleaning are the most commonly completed seller projects for good reason. They boost online curb appeal and send a powerful signal to a buyer that a home is well-maintained. And, um, you know, the carpet cleaning for me, you mentioned dogs. That's a big one. Huge. I can I can smell dog immediately when I walk into a house. If you like the smell of dog, you know, that might be appealing to you, but not everybody does love the smell of dog. You got a new dog. You're, is your house starting to give give off that real nice dog odor? No, because I get it, my um... carpets cleaned. I have someone oh, okay. come in and clean my carpets probably every six months, like on the regular anyway. But I have a lot of hardwood anyway. But no, no dogs. I mean, it's probably the worst maybe on my daughter's comforter, but you just throw that in the wash uh, and you're good to yeah. go. But no, yeah. I got dogs no dog are, smell. Dogs are clean, clean, clean. Uh, moving on, racket number two. Yes. Okay, I think... I think some of those regrets can be all of those regrets can be uh, reduced when you're working with with uh, you know the best local agent you possibly can find sure. as a as a, uh, a home seller. Okay, there you go. Uh, you may you may want to go out there as an agent, hit the thumbs up if you agree with this, and put some of that information out there. Here's the regrets on this side of the table. Here's what we do to make sure you're not one of those home sellers that has those regrets sure. and, and showcase your ability. Well, I okay, think that this is the perfect thing to, to bring with them so that they even know yeah. what they could potentially be regretting. And let's counteract that now. Right. So you're not in the same position for sure. Here's what we're doing to prepare. Yep. Racket number two, there's one, this is Inman, 1.25 million fewer million dollar homes in America in 2023. Okay, that's a lot of homes that are now no longer million dollar homes. The share of one million dollar homes in the U.S. dropped from a high of 8.6 percent in June 2022 to approximately 7 percent in January to start the year, due in part to higher mortgage rates that have cut into home buyer purchasing power. The number of million dollar homes in the U.S. is on the decline. This is according to a Redfin uh, that just report that just came out yesterday, came out at the beginning of this week, Monday, that 7% share of million dollar homes is about the same as it was a year ago. Okay. So a, a year ago, we had 7% million dollar homes in this country. It went up to about 8.6 right. at some point last year, those interest rates get jacked up and now we're back to seven, but it's up from Nicole 4.2% in January, 2020, before the COVID-19 pandemic began. So before we started printing all this free money before DC just started pumping trillions of dollars into you may say, well, well, how does that work? They're giving people $1,400, you know, in stimulus. Well, because all those $1,400 stimulus checks have now ended up in the hands of people who own big businesses you know, you know, all these people with a lot of money and then they go out and buy million dollar homes. That's kind of how that works right there. Okay. So the, the money always ends up with with the people that are selling a product and 
and the people that were getting that money, you know, maybe weren't saving it. Okay, so 4.2% January 2020, now 7%. In terms of actual number of million dollar plus homes in the US, that figure dropped from $7.5 million plus homes in June 22 to $6.2 million million dollar plus homes. A lot of millions. Lots of millions. (laughs) Too many millions. So in other words, 1.2 million plus million dollar homes have been uh, taken out of the market. Redfin's report used data from the Redfin Housing Value Index, public records, and MLSs to determine the value of more than 99 million US properties. Okay. So how many more times can we say million? Million. Thumbs up if you've heard it. It's like a drinking game. We should make it into a a drinking drinking game. game. Million. Million. A couple things stand out to me. Okay. What stands out to you, Nicole? And then I'll give well, you. Well, I really thoughts. wish that I could actually see this article. I don't. I'm. I'm. It's really devastating to me. You know, password problem. I have technology so many, issues. So many friggin' problems. Nick Bailey has a thought on agents that can't use technology. Yeah, they should Next probably be fired. Cover. They should fire. Probably fire themselves. <laughs> I. I get it. Um. Again, I, I guess I'm I'm not I'm not overly surprised. Um, I'm not surprised that we're back where we were a year ago. Again, May June was like crazy high, so the numbers again don't surprise me. The stack, the fact that we're at seven and we used to be at four, that doesn't surprise me either. Because um, again, I'm really just strictly talking about our market. I mean, we finally saw we haven't seen an increase since, you know, the big crash. So houses are finally coming back up in above or above value. So I think that that obviously made probably a huge impact on on this, you know, four to seven, just the, you know, Northeast values finally bouncing back. Um, obviously, a lot of new construction was happening. I mean, I know down in Florida where you are, like it's, I, I, I can't even imagine the frenzies that are happening down there if they still are, but the numbers down there are bonkers. But none of this surprises me. Um, I am a little surprised. Well, no, I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, all of yeah, the- it, all of it, all of it seems to make sense. Again, you you always see sort of prices always sort of dropping a little bit this time of year. Um, again, luckily in the Northeast, we haven't had snow. So I think our bounce back will happen a lot quicker, but um, I'm not surprised by it. Are you surprised by yeah, it? Yeah, I think, I think, I think certain, uh, I'm not surprised by no. this, no. Uh, I think certain pockets probably had a, you know, were a greater contributor to this number you, know, you think about Florida now making up nine of the top 12 most expensive neighborhoods in America. The other three are in California. Florida has way more million dollar plus homes than they did, you know, pre 2020 for, for sure. sure. Because just because of the inbound migration, migration and everything yeah. that, that's kind of taking place there. Uh, all right. A couple things that stick out to me. Um, okay. A high of 8.6 of all homes were million plus. And then now we're at 7%, but before COVID, we're at 4.2%, 4, 4. okay? So that means a high, uh, you know, an all-time high, 8.5%, but normally, you know, we're going to be somewhere between this 4% and, and maybe as high as 7%. That's kind of the range of how many million-dollar homes there are in America. And what do you hear agents always say? I want to be a luxury real estate agent. I want to sell. I want to sell a million dollar <laughs> home. Yeah. And some of them can, but here's the deal: you better live in the right market to do it. Right. Uh, or know the right know, people if, to do it. If you're living in rural America in a town with maybe twenty thousand residents <laughs> that sees anywhere from twelve to eighteen million dollar homes a year, that's not the market to be. I'm just going to be a luxury agent because out of those 12 to 18 home sales, 
uh, 50% of them are going to get sold by somebody that they absolutely drink martinis with 100%. or that they're cousins with or that their wife I'll has, be honest has I don't think I don't think you're doing cousins I think I think you're I think you're drinking a martini you know at this at the it, club you're at the golf tennis, club you're at the beach club, club. The, the, yeah they're one of so you So you're talking oh, about yeah. nine opportunities let's just say you're talking about 10 opportunities in that particular town and then you're going up against the three best agents every single time, every time. if you're if you're great if your batting average is phenomenal you're getting 50% of those so you're listing 5 million plus homes way to go Okay, way to go. You're just not a luxury agent listing 5 million plus homes a year. You can pretend you are. You can put it in your Instagram handle. You're not a luxury agent in comparison wow. to those top luxury agents that are doing this in these other markets. For sure. If you want to be a luxury agent, move to Miami. Well, that's fun. Move to Beverly You Hills. have to. I mean, if you think about there are sometimes even on the shoreline here that $500,000 is considered again if we're looking like that okay. is considered luxury like so that i is, hear you on that like and and go ahead and i'm of the belief of like give everybody a luxury experience i'm totally with that sure. you know and you you may define luxury and luxury is kind of a silly word it's right super silly but, you know it's like a top um, producer yeah, yeah i agree i agree so you may say hey everything over to your point over five hundred thousand in our market is a um you know, is a, is a substantial sale. It's, it's, it's well above yeah. median, you know, however you, you want to, you know, kind of phrase that up. Right. Okay. So there's limited, let's just call it this. There's limited million dollar plus homes for sale. And there's a whole lot of agents. There's more agents right now than there is inventory in this country. Right. It's actual inventory. It's three to one. Okay. It's uh three agents to, to every one. So, uh, okay. So you got to decide if I'm going to be a unit mover in real estate, or if I'm going to go to one, if I'm going to go sell property in, uh, in Aspen or Austin or Beverly Hills right. or Naples, Florida, right? Th those are going to be kind of the decisions that, that you've got to make New York city, obviously. Okay. I think I'd rather go someplace warm. Yeah. I'll, Miami, I'll you, hang out down Miami, there. maybe, maybe, I don't know. Naples. Yeah. I'd head down there. You'd like Naples. I don't think I could do Miami. I, th I feel like I'm hectic. too short for Miami. I feel like everyone down there is like tall and skinny and probably don't have any children. Yeah, nobody has children. I... Nobody. That's a, that's a fact check us on that one. The, tip, the typical home buyer's monthly mortgage payment, Nicole, is even higher than it was when home values peaked in the spring because rates are so much higher and blah, blah, blah. We know the story there. Buying an $800,000 home today would cost more per month than buying a million dollar home did a year ago. Wow. Crazy. If you're using a mortgage, right? right? So so that's where you've seen some of this uh, reduction. Buying power. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the buying power for sure. And so so naturally with that, and, and listen, no, if, if you're able to buy a million dollar house, you, you're not in the business of giving money away. You're going to you're going to see more resistance at that, those price points, then you will the median price point when it comes to pricing. So you, you will see naturally that, that, uh, segment of the market come down quicker than these median price points. And Nicole, just because we were talking about it before yeah. you're like, well, we're, we're prepping for this article and, yeah. and you said, uh, 
Well, well, that's not the case. In, in no, no, no. Well, yeah. Like, well, but I, what I, but my, but my initial point was, was that there were fourteen offers on a million dollar property, and in the past, we've only ever seen probably fourteen deals actually happen. So the fact that there's fourteen yeah. buyers that can afford a million dollar house. Again, just on this one, like there, there was 60 showings, but 14 offers. That there, was my was, point was that there was one particular property that was just a screaming deal. Yeah. And then we see others because we, we were looking, we're like, wow, that got that under contract. So there's some outliers there, but it's but it's not like a it, it, it's it's maybe a little bit I, above. Um, I think if the, I think, again, my point is, is that there are pace. so many buyers again. There's, there's just not inventory because yeah. if you yeah. were able to replicate that 14 times, you would have. I mean, it's just if you were able to get yeah, a million dollar, a million dollar buyer in our area, you know, no. it was again, days on market. We were talking three years. I mean, yeah. So and, and this is where everything comes back locally. OK, so to your point, the last few years, places like Connecticut place, you know, some particular neighborhoods in Jersey have actually seen an uptick based off of normal years on these million dollar price ranges because it's a lot more normal for somebody who's based out of Manhattan to now be have the luxury of working from home or maybe going into the office once a week. And that's where you see people starting to spread out. But I just want, I, I was curious. I, I brought up the yeah. MLS and I was like, yeah. well, it's not completely, no. you know, going crazy. No. So, and, and here's where I'm hearing a lot. And I talk about this in the hot sheet a lot. I'm hearing a lot of agents say, well, their one listing that they have that is, you know, at a certain price point is getting so much activity. So there's so much demand. Remember, inventory is so low right now. Okay. Right. So demand is really 43% less than it was last year. That's the true number across the country. There's 43% lower mortgage applications right now. So we can't kid ourselves and think there's just this enormous uh, amount of demand. There's a lot of good, strong demand, pent up demand in a normal market, probably be pretty normal demand but we have very little inventory. Very little. It feels like the demand is greater. Right. Uh, Nicole, to our point about Florida, at the end of this article, they do talk about Florida seeing, seeing the surge. Yeah. I didn't even get that down that far down in the article. I, so I can't even get that far down. So our assumptions were right. Million yeah. dollar homes. And uh, as the state's popularity and home values have increased, the number of million dollar homes in Miami, Nicole rose 11 and a half percent from one year ago Yeah, uh, from 11 and a half percent to 14.4 percent. Sorry. Um, while the share increased from 9% to 11% in Northport, 11% to 12.8% in West Palm. They didn't put Naples in there. I'd be curious to know what that is. Uh, San Francisco was one of the big declines, right? Yep. So people migrating out, right. you see the decline in those million dollar homes. Yep. People migrating in, you see the increase. Yep. Makes sense. Not a racket. Not a racket. That's what, hey, listen, the, be the best way to figure out um, what people like and don't like is just to see where the heck they're moving. That, that, is, that is a true indicator of what's going on out there. Racket number three. This is a true indicator of agents loving this model. Right. It's been around 50 years. Congrats. Oh, we're clapping for Remax. The big Absolutely. The hot air balloon. I used to get recruited by Remax all the time and I'm like, I can't work for a hot air balloon. But I mean, but it's, I but it's sort of like McDonald's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's an icon. I mean, you know what the hot air balloon stands for. You know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. Yep. I have nothing but enormous respect for the balloon. Yep. I think it's a great uh, signature logo. 
and and they just had their 50th anniversary in their R4 conference. So congratulations to them. Remax CEO. This is an Inman piece. Nick Bailey. Love Nick. My One of my favorite pods, probably my favorite pod of last year. Hmm. Maybe we can link that up. Yeah. Haley. Well, you're, aren't you? I saw that you're reposting all of yours now. Are they on Sundays? You're putting. No, no, no. I'm not reposting. That was a new fresh one with Chris Smith. Oh, I thought you were taking out old. I thought you were taking ones from the Byron Lazine podcast and uh-uh. refreshing that them. And, by the way, link up the Chris Smith pod because yeah. you mentioned it. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Link up the Nick Bailey pod from last year. No, that Chris Smith, we went an hour and a half, Nicole. Yeah. That was just, that was you just love a week that ago sh- or so. You would sit and talk to someone for six hours if they let you. You, you got to check out the Chris Smith one. It's it's wild. It's fun. I'll watch it. Well, I commented. You put a thing on there, and I think the question was, what was the question you did on um, Instagram? It was about uh, preparing. Being yeah, prepared, for, uh, yeah. And I, did plan. you see my comment? You didn't even like yeah. it. So that's why I no, have. I'm going to go like so it So that's now. why I have you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Okay, so on the heels of Remax 50. Thank you, Nicole. Yes, you're welcome. Appreciate yep. that. Appreciate the love. That's, that's all you'll get. I'm sure it'll <laughs> on the heels of Remax 50th anniversary, our four conference, Nick Bailey, um, share a sneak peek on, on some of their plans for 2023. Okay. So guess what's going to happen. This is Nick Bailey, the CEO of Remax speaking. Guess what's going to happen in 2023. People are going to buy and sell houses. Imagine. He said, he said this during his keynote, what drives our business, not all the headlines on the news, that you see is marriage. It's having children, children, moving to care for a loved one, a job, divorce, all of those life events that drive our business. Couldn't agree more. No matter how bad things get, uh, those life events aren't going to stop just because of the Fed and the economy. None of that stuff stops. Now, maybe a third of it stops. That's we're probably Nick. If you're not following the numbers, that's going to be how many less transactions we have this year than last year. Uh, or certainly than 2021. Well, but wasn't this like um, a rah rah fest? I mean, he was probably yeah, it was a rah rah. I mean, he we, was trying we, we to, to he was trying positive. to keep it keep it light. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. You're still going to have an abundance of sales if you're an agent who cares about serving your marketplace. There's going to be an abundance out there for you. You're putting in the work. Uh, he said Remax could reach 200,000 agents worldwide over the next three to uh, three to five years. Awesome. That'd be a 38 percent increase, Nicole. Okay, so. Interesting. You hear a lot about, uh, well, Keller Williams is 195,000. Remax is like the next, you know, there. Um, I'm not, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, Remax is because they, they do give you such a high split. So if, if people are looking for, for, you know, what they think is more money, um, again, I mean, obviously you have to pay desk fees and all, but I mean, Remax traditionally is one of the highest splits. Am I not, am I wrong there? I feel like that's, yeah, it's, it's designed for an entrepreneur that yeah. doesn't need much. Um, you know, you got some, some fees in there and every oh, there's definitely might be fees. a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, you got to buy your own signs. I mean, there's definitely lots of expenses on there, but again, if you're strictly commission driven, um, it's a franchiser model yeah. where you can mold your, right. mold your business yeah. for, for sure. Yeah. Um, he did say something about uh, about some of these downlines and everything. Oh, okay. I, uh, he, he he kind of I don't know. They took a shot. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a shot. I don't want to I don't want to say that. Um, let me find it here. Oh, I just had it up. I had it I had it highlighted for this. Okay, okay. Here it is. It's down at the bottom of the article. If you're interested in in reading the whole thing, I think it's pretty pretty good little interview recap of uh 
of what Nick had to say. Final message for, for Remax agents, okay? Remember how you got here and the hard work you do for yourself and on behalf of ever, others every day. Great, great message. Great. There's not enough downline, profit share, split, or whatever to enable unproductive agents to stay in our industry long term. When markets are changing as they are today, this is yours for the taking. Thank you for bringing us along for the ride. I thought that was that was pretty feels clever good. there. I like that. It, feels good. it was his way of sneaking in. Hey, I don't give a crap what your downline looks like. If you're not out there selling homes, right. it doesn't work. Right. You've seen EXP change their, their model, not this year, but in the last couple of years, they've changed their model. Okay. You just saw side do it this year. We need to change our compensation plan to keep side profitable. And you just saw real R E A L. Okay. Real brokerage. Yep. You know, you know who I'm talking I know about, you're talking about real. I've heard of real. Okay. They just changed in a real letter way? from the CEO in a real way, yeah. their compensation model. And, and I actually, uh, I've seen that email from the CEO and Tamir said, we need to change our, our, our compensation model to make it more sustainable long-term means agents making less money because they have an abundance of unproductive agents in these downlines. Okay. They only have 9,000 agents by right. the way. Okay. So 9,000 for them. And then you've got the, uh, you know, EXP still, th these guys have not taken, you know, more than 10% of market share with that particular model. Right. Love the model. think it's working for a lot of people, but Remax has been around 50 years. Keller Williams has been around a long time. Okay. There, there's something to be said for these other models that they haven't just disintegrated in, in growth. Uh, they continue to, to go out there and, you know, um, I go out there and work and, and, and do it. a lot of comments on this. Uh, okay. So, okay. Somebody, this, this guy, Patrick, uh, I don't, I'm not even going to read that one kind of crazy comments mm -hmm. there. I'm sure there's lots um, of crazy comments. Same thing. John Davidson, 200,000 agents, wonderful, but how many of them are productive and making a living? You could point to any brokerage on that though. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. So any brokerage you say, well, how many of them are productive? Almost every brokerage. It's just like the MLS. You don't need to worry about the brokerages. Look at the MLS, okay? 20% of agents do 80% of the deals. So you can say every brokerage is going to be the same thing. There's not there's not a brokerage out there that's 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 beat bucking that trend. Right. Am I right? Right. Or am I wrong? No, you're right. Let me know in the comments what you think. I'm right or wrong. Interesting thoughts from Nick Bailey. We'll link it up below. Nicole, any, any thoughts you have with Nick? No, I can't read his article. So he sounds great. Yeah. He sounds fab. It sounds like he was he was excited. He hit fifty years, and I think he yeah, he wasn't there the whole fifty years. I don't even think. Well, he's 50 no, years but old. even yeah. I mean, but he's there for the fiftieth. I, I if I'm going to be at a brokerage at any year, it's going to be a a big celebrate a big celebratory one. Yeah, gotta, yeah, I love it. You know who gave a keynote as well? Can't wait to hear. Our buddy Jared James. Oh yeah, I think I saw that actually. I think I saw that on his Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Good it for Looked him. amazing. A lot of feedback. A lot of people tagging him. I'll, I'll leave yeah. everybody with and his, this. And his girlfriend was there too, I saw. She's a little number too, huh? I don't know. I can't comment on that. Okay. Never met her. Don't. I don't know what, what number are you giving her? I'm, you want to give her a number? I mean, I'll give her a 10. I'll give her a 10. Okay. Well, you said a little number. Yeah, she, she's a number. She's like a, like a pretty little number. Yeah. Wow. 
Jared, uh, I don't know. Watch out if you're around Nicole with your with your new girlfriend. Nicole may be. Uh, well, she's killing it in the real estate world too, though, isn't she? What is she? I don't know much about. It. I don't know. I thought I you said know, that she started. I thought you said she started some 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 real estate program. Was it like some? Lead? I know she's in real estate. That's all I know. I mean, yeah, I thought she was. I have no idea. I'm doing something on the tech side. Well, who knows? Anyway. Okay, so, anyways, uh, I'm gonna leave you guys with this. Jared James quote. Leave everybody listening to the pod with this final thought, and it. it it ties off of what Nick says. Doesn't matter. There's going to be homes out there. And Jared James always says, and I've seen him tagged recently on this, on this quote, consistency is undefeated. If we all go do the things we need to do to serve our community each and every single day right now and be consistent in it, we're going to have a big year, no matter what. No matter so what. Keep that in mind as you move forward here throughout this week. Consistency is undefeated. Nicole, I will see you next week. Fresh off of, Eric's wedding. I know. It's so, I'm so sad that I wasn't invited, but give him a big hug for me. I will I will not give him a hug, but I will say hello. Yeah, and congratulations. Then next, uh, this tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow, we'll link it down below. Haley, make sure you take the note. A lot of links down below right so now. So many Haley. links. We're just linking everything out. There is going to be, before, before Eric goes and gets married, he's doing a question and Instagram question and answer with Brooks Landry and Matt Leonetti, sponsored by Boomtown. That'll so be a good one. That's going to be a great, great one. Webinar tomorrow. The link is down below. Haley, don't forget these 1,400 links. If you subscribe to the BAM YouTube channel, Wait, by the what's, way. Can, what, like Wednesday? This is on Wednesday? That's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah okay. tomorrow. Okay. So that's Wednesday. That link will be down below. If you subscribe to BAM YouTube, you might not miss anything. Although you would miss the webinar because that is a, a private uh, live webinar, live Q&A. Make sure you subscribe to BAM YouTube. Get on the newsletter. Go hit Nicole up on the DMs, and we'll see you back here next week on The Real World. Nicole, I guess you'll see be you hitting guys. up Jared James' girlfriend I'm, in the DMs. Stop I mean, it. You might be sliding into stop. her DMs. No, maybe I will because I, 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 anyway, shut up. Oh, I think you already have. Right? You, keep it real, guys. See ya.